News. The Trivia Music Show. Of your favorite pop stars. Hey, hey, what's happening, everybody? We're back with another episode of Pop Muse, the pop music trivia show of your favorite stars. And if you're new to the show, we scour the internet and find lesser-known facts about some of the legends, big names, megastars, or, of course, some cool cats from the international and national stage to fill you in on. And let's see if you know as much as you think you know about your favorite stars in music. I'm TJ Reed, and I got Yoon Chi with me in the studio. What's going on, bro? Hey, TJ. How's it going? <laughs> I'm really looking forward to another episode of Pop Music. Yeah, yeah. Let's get it going. And who do you got for us today? Today, I got a really special musician, singer, songwriter, and producer. I mean, this guy is pretty much everything in the musical bag. Really cool artist. I feel like that suits almost every musician that you've covered. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. All but kinds this, of hats. This guy's pretty special, though. I mean, he's worked with a lot of different artists. I wouldn't necessarily call him the collaboration king, but he certainly mm. has done a lot of work. You know him out here for sure. I'm certain that you know him by name, but I'm sure that you probably don't know his background. So that's what I hope to share today. Yeah, I think that's the same for a lot of musicians you share as well, because <laughs> I know their names, I know their their songs, but yeah, when it comes to their stories, their life stories. But somehow no, I don't you know, pull through in the clutch, man. Sometimes you just yeah, out of nowhere. Is it lucky hunch? There's one clue that I give yes, you. Yes, <laughs> one giveaway. That's enough. But for me, it's a different story. So who do you have for us today? Right. So these. Musician, she was once the queen of Mandarin pop world. Okay, and she was once compared as the top leading female artist. That's on the same level as J. Cho. So, oh yeah. wow, wow. So it's pretty big. Okay, that's what's up. All right, looking forward to hearing who this person is. Same. And before we get started, guys, we just want to drop this quick disclaimer that all the info we find is internet based. So bear with us if there are any inaccuracies. Just reach out to us and let us know, and we'd love to update. Updated on the next episode. So now that uh, I've covered my bases, let's go ahead and get cracking with this trivia. So, fact number one, and this is according to Vibe Magazine and Capital Extra. This artist grew up in a family where his mother was a teacher. And his dad was a handyman, so okay. this is kind of interesting because I'm not sure is a handyman like a technician or like handicapped man. <laughs> no offense. A handyman is somebody who fixes things. Okay, technician. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That's clarified. But they're not in the world of music, so that was kind of an interesting angle for this guy. He decided to go mm, into the world of music. Right. I guess later his aunt e exposed him to music and uh, by listening to certain records, and that kind of got him into the groove, so to speak. And he was tapping on school desks at school, and so this was how he kind of got his start. Okay, <laughs> that's probably the habit that he picked up from his dad, like uh, clicking and tapping <laughs> on the mechanics. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. That sounds like a pretty good assumption. That's right. So, like most of the stars we talk about on this show, this guy has also had some experience in fast food, more specifically McDonald's. He was actually fired from three separate McDonald's jobs, and one of his managers fired three from three McDonald's jobs. Three, yes. Not I thought only, it's not that difficult for you to 
to work in McDonald's. Still, again, no offense. Hey, hey, yeah, that's no offense. I used to work at McDonald's. It is not easy. That is a fallacy. McDonald's. Yeah, I think you told me before about like how crazy it runs inside the shop. It is madness. When I was working there, it was cheeseburger Sunday and hamburger Wednesdays. It was an absolute. Yeah, I guess it's especially during the promotional days. Mm. So you're going to lure people like me who are here for the bargain. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But this guy, one of his managers said that he was costing the restaurant a fortune by burning all the meat. Okay. <laughs> so, and uh, in an MTV interview, he said that uh, this artist said that he never stole anything, but he did keep a pocket of chicken McNuggets while he worked. So he loved eating it so much. So he was like admitting he stole. I know, right? Package, it's kind of like, contradictory, right? He said yeah. He never stole anything, <laughs> but I had to him, chicken that's McNuggets. That's not stealing. Yeah. <laughs> he probably thinks like a McNuggets is something small. And he kept them in his pocket, right? He didn't just mm. eat it openly. He like poured them in his pocket. But anyway, the star said on applying for the fourth McDonald's, his previous managers called and said, don't hire him. He burns the burgers and steals the nuggets. That's pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, a little bit more about this fact. I guess, according to this source, his first girlfriend was a staff member there and she was almost twice his age. Okay. I wonder if that girlfriend was like an, an inside help for him to get all those stuff <laughs> maybe uh, i don't know but i uh, in that and he inter- was working as a teenager yeah he was a there. teenager so, so double the age yeah that was. makes his girlfriend probably over and, age and uh, yeah right over yeah, age so yeah a little bit of um legal suit there <laughs> <laughs> i know right but i see yeah yeah I'll, I'll leave that alone let's move on to a little bit more about this fact so earlier i mentioned he used to tap on the desks and stuff at, at, at school right. but he also played the drums and the keyboard he, he was a member of the marching band in school so when he went to mm. band camp that's where he met his future co-producer business partner and band member i would give his name right now but it would kind of just blow this whole charade so i'm gonna so it's someone pretty big yeah 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 he works with him quite a lot so i'm gonna go ahead and just move on to fact number two and this is according to complex mag this artist used to be called an Oreo as a kid because he was black, but he hung out with the white kids. Okay, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this this term has more implications, right? It's like you're on the outside, you're black, but on the inside, people see you as being white. And it's I, I think it's a little insulting because yes. it's almost like saying like you don't, you, you have a certain way that you're, for example, okay, so like being black, you have a certain attitude or a certain demeanor, but if you don't follow that uh, social... I know that's like a very narrow nationalism. It's like if you're Asian, you have to hang out with Asians. But yes, there is this uh, notion that black people should act a certain way. And if you don't... Yes. If you don't act if, that if you way, don't rob, people might say, oh, still... you're acting white. And so there's like this uh, social idea of what being white is and being black is. So I don't know. A little bit... can be a little bit confusing, a little yeah, bit but insulting. But that's what a lot young kids, they pick up things on. Um, sure, sure, this. sure. Um, his brother was a professional skateboarder. So in high school, he gravitated towards that hobby and he earned himself a notable nickname that I can't really say at this time. Again, so he is still known by that nickname yes, in skateboarding? It, yes, he says it a lot in his music. And this might even be a dead giveaway, actually, for this mm. clue. So, yeah, going to go ahead and move on to a little bit more about this fact. He and music producer Juggernaut. Not 
Timberland, very famous in the world of uh, R&B, hip-hop, music, attended the same church growing up and later formed a band together called Surrounded by Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like getting pretty personal. I know, right? I don't know who's the, who the idiots are in that actual you know, yeah, group. Yeah. But I think another uh, name was Magnum DJ and Timmy Tim. So I think mm. there's like a rant by a couple of I names. I like the first one. I like the first name. <laughs> a little bit more here. This artist, along with his uh, compadre, were discovered by Grammy award-winning producer Teddy Riley in high school. Hmm. In a high school talent show. Uh, luck would have it that his studio would be right next to the high school. Okay. And he ended up discovering them there. And the band signed with the producer after they graduated. Yeah, Teddy Riley was like the mastermind behind the uh, the New Jack Swing back in the late 80s, early 90s. And so he kind of birthed some of the artists like Bobby Brown, Blackstreet, uh, Guy, which was a really popular group during that time frame. So yeah, really, really famous. And so this was kind of a, a big opportunity for the artists that we're talking about today. Okay. We're going to move on to fact number three, and this is from Capital Extra. This artist went on to produce a lot of other songs during that time frame, but he ended up hooking up with Britney Spears, and he produced the song Slave for You. So that was a really popular song from her, and it actually you know, pushed him into pretty much stardom. A lot of artists wanted to work with him after that. Um, it was the producing duo's first number one single when it topped the charts in 2001, and it got them yeah, definitely noticed in the industry. He sang with uh, and produced for Shakira, Jennifer Lopez, hmm. The Game, Lupe Fiasco, Beyonce, Usher, Frank Ocean, Jay-Z, okay. Snoop Dogg, in Rex and the Effects, Nelly. Yeah, I mean, just the list goes on and on. Uh, a survey in August 2003 found that his group produced almost 20% of the songs played on British radio at the time. So, And the, the U.S. survey had them at like 43%. So that's kind of cool, man. I mean, to be able to produce music and like half of the songs that are on the yeah, radio. Yeah, a, right? a lot of appearance on the radio programs. I guess his music is quite upbeat. Very because upbeat. That's what the radios prefer. Yes, know? yes. People when they're driving the cars not to fall asleep while driving. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He's got a very commercial sound. So, again, I'm, I'm pretty sure you have heard of this guy and definitely know him by name. Uh, let's move on to fact number four. And this is according to Wikipedia and beliefnet.com. This artist has a something called synesthesia. And this so can, yeah, this is kind of strange. Sounds like a chemical composition. <laughs> It's a condition that allows him to see sounds. I'm not sure if this wow. is something he made up, but that I don't know. That sounds like a sci-fi movie. <laughs> I know, or he's under the influence of something, right? <laughs> Radiation, <laughs> right. Instead of just hearing sounds, he conjures visual images to them as well. Mm. His music inspiration comes in the form of a vision of floating colors. Oh, wow, mm. you can see colors as well. It kind of makes sense because, like, deep down, like how the sounds transmit is like... A, a wave. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at it from a physical, like a physicist pr perspective. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess if you're a producer, you're going to see, you know, sound waves bouncing anyway, up and down. Right, I mean, right, monitor. Now, right now, I'm looking at a monitor that has sound waves. <laughs> but that's different because we have the help with the technology. But right. he sees with his own eye, like in the flash. Hey, you know what? I see things in my mind, too, because I'm around these digital devices so much that yeah. when I'm away from it, I see it, you know. So okay. I mean, that's, that's called an illusion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Well, it gets better. 
He also says he's most imaginative when he's in the shower because the shower blocks mm. certain sounds and it okay. allows his mind to wander and be I was going to say that's a little bit ambiguous <laughs> but TMI right <laughs> but I'm not going to point that out because this is a program for all ages so right 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 but normally I was thinking a different story because most people are more musical prone in the shower because yeah. it has better resonation exactly. in that small close confined space exactly. but it's a different story for him yeah I guess yeah just being able to see those colors right This artist released the first 24-hour music video, and this is probably a really big hint for listeners out there. And that was a record breaker, by the way. In this music video, there were a lot of guest appearances, including Magic Johnson from the Lakers, Steve Carell, Jimmy Kimmel, Jamie Foxx, and Steve Martin. And Jimmy Kimmel used to be a singer. Well, or... no, he was just in the music video. And this uh, okay. music video had okay. a whole bunch of people dancing in it. Okay. And it just like different clips, different people, and it was like it mm. was. Really, really、uh, an interesting video that I'll go into a little bit more detail later. But yeah, lots of people, and there was like 360 segments where you can click and like watch a different version of 360. So they had like 360 like celebrities. It was a song that went on for 24 hours. Wow! And so for, to watch the music video, there were 360 different segments, and the song was the same, but it just had different people. Inside of、wow. each segment, that's documentary, man. I know, seriously, a 24-hour one. So, yeah, definitely a record breaker on that. This artist has also joined forces with Japanese fashion icon、mm. Nigo or Nigo, and became one of the major leaders in streetwear with his clothing line BBC. Or the Billionaire Boys Club and、okay. the Ice Cream Footwear. They're、so. just making a lot of names after this BBC. <laughs> yeah, I know、okay. you. I know what, you. What was it?、Uh, Backstreet or Blackstreet? Something. <laughs> Backstreet. Billionaire Boys Billionaire. Club. Oh, Billionaire Boys yeah, Club. So if, if、okay. you're not rich, then you can't rock the、uh, the, no, the apparel. No, you can't. He also teamed up with luxury brand Louis Vuitton and created a fine jewelry line called Blazin. Hmm, okay. Yeah. So, I think those are some really, really big clues for some of the big fans out there. But we're gonna keep it moving. Fact number five, and this is Complex Mag and Wikipedia. His collaboration, and this is probably the biggest clue, with Robin Thicke for a very famous single that he re- that they released together was number one in fourteen countries. This artist、mm. has also produced Justin Timberlake's debut album called Justified. Justified.、Anyone、is that the album for "I've Got This Feeling"、uh, inside my nope. something? Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> that's the <laughs> only song. <laughs> that's the、uh, that's the only song I know from Justin Timberlake. <laughs> no, no. No, no, no. This is his first like album where he、um, pretty much broke away from NSYNC and debuted as a solo artist. And this producer produced his music. So, and it was really hot. I mean, I'm not a fan of NSYNC or a big fan of Justin Timberlake, but I mean, when you got this artist making your music, it's going to sound. He has that sound that's going to make guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna it's gonna go right to the soul. But anyway, this artist helped it to become certified platinum three times. Hmm. And、uh, also, the singer has admitted in the past that he actually wrote the songs for Michael Jackson. But it so like a Justin Timberlake is like、uh, a safety net for, <laughs> yeah, for his, his. I guess so. Ouch.、Much. So moving on a little bit more. A really big clue here, and this might even—is this going to be the one that Yunchi is going to get? It might、Because、be. Because I don't have any clue yet. <laughs> 
All right. So an intern, this artist went on to produce an internationally recognized song from okay the Despicable Me Too soundtrack. Despicable Me, and was okay. ori- it was originally recorded by CeeLo Green, another very famous um, musician. But unfortunately, it was blocked by the powers that be. So this artist ended up singing it himself. And according to Wikipedia, this video in 2014 spawned over 1,500 other videos with the same content. It inspired other people to make videos just like it covers. all over the world. Because the video, as I mentioned before, had a whole bunch of people just dancing in it. And then it would go to another scene of somebody else dancing. And so the whole video was just people from all over the world dancing. Okay, it's like these like TikTok videos, how like people Something like that. collaborate. Right, right. So this video probably inspired a lot. Talk. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a lot of people did their versions of it in different parts of the world. But I think I remember I read on Wikipedia that one country there was um there were some people that were arrested because it violated the country's uh, conduct mm. uh, rules. So they were. What's the rule? No dancing. I I I, I can't. I don't, I don't know exactly the details, but I think they were penalized with going to jail and being lashed ninety one times. So that it sounds was, pretty uh, harsh for <laughs> just making a musical video. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But yes, I think that brings me to the end of my facts. Wow. So if you remember, Despicable Me is a very famous cartoon. That's right. Thank you for the very last note, because otherwise I wouldn't have got it. But yeah, of course, Despicable Me. And I think everybody knows that song from Okay, uh, okay. From, <laughs> from Despicable Me. All right, me. well, that, that, that brings me to the end, my right. man. So if you had to guess. Okay, I can't see now, but of course, it's. If is you had it, to guess who it is, then who is it? Is it Williams Pharrell or Pharrell Williams? <laughs> I've got the first name and the last name. See, folks, mixed. like always, it's like whenever. I dropped that last clue. Yun Chi just somehow pulls through in the crutch. But let's hear what the judges have to say. Congratulations yeah. again, man. The last fact. Nailed it. Pharrell Williams. Okay, it's Pharrell Williams. Pharrell Williams is <laughs> an American Williams, rapper, record producer, singer, songwriter, and entrepreneur. He's the winner of 13 Grammy Awards and has been widely referred to as one of the most influential and successful music producers in the 21st century, having had a significant impact on the sound of modern popular music. And his collaborator was uh, Chad Hugo. Hmm. That was who he met way back when he was in school. And they got together and formed the Neptunes. And then they hooked up with another rapper and became Nerd, N-E-R-D, <laughs> and produced some magical, magical music. And I got a couple tracks that I would like to introduce to you guys today. The first one, obviously, is the one that we were talking about. Happy. Happy from the Despicable Me 2 soundtrack. I also got another one of his famous tracks called Get Lucky with Daft Punk. And that'll be followed by Frontin'. Check it out.
Pharrell Williams, one of my personal favorites. Yeah, I really like the beat in this song. Oh, yeah, for, yeah. For the name, Fronten. I, I never know you could put an, an I-N after front. <laughs> Fronten, yes. Yeah, it's, uh, it just kind of means to put on airs, you know, to act like... It's like to act a certain way, but really you feel differently inside. Like pretentious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just to, to pretend quite a bit, yeah. In a neutral way, like no negatory... Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what's up. All right, man. So who do you got for us today? Yeah, let me just remind you that we are talking about a queen of Mando pop world. Okay. Yeah, so, but she actually was, because this artist is the kind of person that can just easily walk away from fame. So <laughs> Easily walk, walk away, away from, from fame. Really? Yeah, very, just a few years after Sounds her, like she's got a lot of money. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe in the first few years. And just actually just a few years after her stardom, that's what she did, walked away. And so maybe a lot of people from the younger generation don't really, haven't really heard of this person. Mm, yeah, so I'm so looking forward to... older, okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm hoping to educate these people today. That's what's up. Let's do it. <laughs> so fact number one, and this is just from some open pages of Baidupedia and Wikipedia. Okay. This artist is from a quite highly achieved, highly accomplished family. And her father is a professor at Nanyang Technological University. And her elder sister is or was the vice president of Barclays Capital in Singapore. Barclays Capital. It's like an investment bank. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, so vice president. And nice. just a, a fun anecdote. This artist, she was given her Chinese name for the fact that she is the second daughter of the family. So this might be a clue for the hardcore fans who know their idols. But to be honest, I don't even know. <laughs> I didn't even know about this. <laughs> so wait, she was named because she she's the, the second daughter. daughter yeah. So that's that. So her name is second daughter in Chinese. <laughs> but you have to put. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice segue. So you have to put like second daughter, like two characters together, and form a new character, and that makes one of one of the three characters in her name. Wow, I'm not sure how I'd feel about yeah. that. I don't think I'd. Like to be considered second son. I mean, maybe first son. First thing, you know, there's something about that number one that sounds. That doesn't have to, anything to do with ranking. It's just a fact. You're second. Are you the first son of your family? Well, I don't know. A sibling rivalry, man. I'm sure that sister that works at the bank, she's probably like, hey, just remember, okay. I'm the I, first. I sent your dad to remind him to give you a trophy or a, something, a crown. <laughs> and so for this artist, her father was the mentor for her interest in music, and she started learning piano like many other middle class families mm. at the age of five and the first stage performance at, at 10 mm. and then created her very first song at 18 which is called Someone and which was later stolen by Adele you but, said stolen <laughs> no it's a, no I'm just I'm just kidding it's two different songs it's Someone Not Like You okay well, Someone Not, not like, like You, you. <laughs> oh wow okay no, no it's actually just Someone yeah the name for this artist so wait was that song Someone released before Adele made her song? I think so because this artist was born in the 70s. Mm. So 18, that should be around 80s and I think Adele released the song maybe in after 2000. Okay, okay. So advantage this artist. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty big conjecture, man. Hopefully, hopefully. yes, pretty <laughs> thing. Adele's not listening, or Adele fans. It's very thing. And so, like many artists we've covered before, this artist opportunity in the musician career came up when the soon-to-be president of Warner Music visited the music school which she was taking singing class from, and uh, this president got impressed by her vocals and talent in music, and the president actually offered an immediate contract. 
But her father insisted waiting until the completion of her degree, like many other Chinese uh, parents would do. <laughs> just parents in general, make sure they finish. And this guy just happened, just happened to be taking a stroll in this school or where this person is singing. And I mean, he was there was no appointment or something because it just seems like somebody who's the president of Warner. I mean, these people don't go anywhere unless yeah, unless there's a benefit or exactly profit exactly make, or talents <laughs> to be discovered. Someone but, someone tipped them off for sure. But it's fun because I've I think I've told quite many other stories in the past about these musicians and how their parents they normally I mean for the Chinese parents they normally wouldn't trade their children's education for a career in show business, especially before the completion of their degree. But yeah, it might be a different story in, for American parents. Well, yeah, definitely it is, and we've talked about. They're just gonna j- jump on it, right? Oh yeah, and I think in this situation, I think it's. Uh, oh, I don't want to call her dad a saboteur, a very conservativist, <laughs> but. I mean, this is the president of Warner Music, man. I mean, if it's, if this person walks in and says, "I want to give you an immediate contract," I mean, that's or even before serious... he says anything, you're, gonna, you're just going to hop onto him. <laughs> take me, take me. I mean, that's a yeah. serious. That's a deal that's got dollar signs behind it. So yeah, so I think the Chinese parents really have a different philosophy from maybe the Western ideas. Yeah. Well, you said that he's a science background. Yes, professor. Right. right. Yeah, so, so I, I can see. Yes, for the, for this person. That School is do. very important. That's right. And now let's move on to the second fact. This is according to Asia Weekly. So in 2002, this was the year that this artist became phenomenal. And not only because it was the first time for her to appear on China's Spring Festival Gala, she also released two albums in this year. Okay. An original one and a cover one. And the cover one was actually the album that introduced most people, myself included, to this artist through her cover of the Beatles song which you can use to reject requests from your friends because mm-hmm. it seems like na 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 Nothing. Hey, Jew. Oh, I think <laughs> I think I've heard this song before. I'm not big on the Beatles, you know, oh, okay. but uh, yeah, I think I've heard this. I'm a loser, baby. Wait, wait, wait. wait. No, it's different. It's a different song. It's no, a different you're, song. Really not, you're really not a fan of Beatles, but <laughs> me either. Yeah, I only know yeah, this I one. I think that. Na 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 na. I'm a loser, hey, baby. So hey, why don't? It, it ends differently. Uh, okay. 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 <laughs> Yeah, but that's okay. Uh, yeah, that, that's why I was looking for some reaction from TJ, but <laughs> nothing. <laughs> yeah, 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 I missed that one. So for that year, 2002, she appeared on the cover of Asia Weekly, and the magazine described her and Jaytro as the top female and male musicians in the Mandarin pop world because <sighs> the four albums from these two, so two from each, made up 40% of the total album sales in 2002 for the entire record business. Mm, wow. So wow. Yeah, very, very profitable year. You know, you mentioned she was on the Spring Festival Gala, and uh, that kind of helped her with exposure. That's Definitely. Kinda, that's kind of cool. I feel like there was a few staff members that were uh, recently that were on the Spring <laughs> Festival Gala, but I'm not sure if it helped our career at all. <laughs> so you, I know, because so the listeners out there, if you probably didn't know, but TJ almost recently almost. got an opportunity to be on the Spring Festival Gala. So Kind of interesting how that, that was works like out. Uh, how long ago, like 2002, that's like 20 years ago. 
girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, yeah. You need a time capsule to to see her. But at this point, you can probably tell, or actually from the first fact, you could tell it's not a Mandarin singer from Chinese mainland. It's actually from overseas. Okay, and now let's move on to the next fact, and this is according to no one but the Olympic. According to no one. All right, <laughs> because, <laughs> these are my favorites. Because it's according to <laughs> the Olympic Committee. Because in the year 2008, she was invited to four Beijing Summer Olympic songs, including the 100-day countdown piece. Welcome to Beijing. Okay. Beijing, 欢迎你 Have you heard of that tune?、Uh, I have not, but I'm pretty sure our yeah, listeners pretty, out there is like it's pretty like a private like it viral that tune. Okay. And and she she also performed the ending song on the closing ceremony. So for her, a musician that so she's actually from Singapore,、mm. and this is actually a very distinguished honor for an overseas Chinese to be like constantly performing on these Chinese celebrations and events. Okay. So yeah, she's been well received well by the Country, so it sounds like she's really a man. You said Mando Pop Queen, Queen huh? From、That's、Singapore.、Right. Okay, okay. I can see、uh, TJ's head, like the mechanics running there. Okay, yeah. I mean, but I, 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 there's one person that we've already. Talked about on the show, so yeah, it's okay. We still have two more facts. Don't worry, TJ. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, keep the engines running slow.、Mm-hmm. Okay, now the next fact is according to Sina Entertainment.、Mm-hmm. In 2016, she released a surprise EP called Rainbow King Kong. <laughs> Rainbow <laughs> King Kong. Yeah, it's kind of the inspiration for it's that. It's kind of like self-explanatory. Not really. No. Okay. No. So the main theme for this album is childlike innocence. Childlike innocence. Yes, because I guess King Kong and there's rainbow in it, and I don't know. I guess the rainbow has different implications these days, but、um, yes, I, I think <laughs> I know what you're talking about by a subgroup of some people. Right, right, flames, right.、Uh, right, and then the King Kong. It's a sign. It's normally a, a symbol of aggression of some sort. Oh yeah, but I see it as a cartoon character. So、uh, yeah,、uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe Donkey Kong, but not King Kong. Okay, so I think the following fact. My ring the bell to TJ because this album Rainbow King Kong re- <laughs> reinvented the iconic song from Guns and Roses. Uh huh. Guns and Roses, very famous rock group. Da 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 da. Sweet child of mine. Nope, missed that oh, one too. De- <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I got. Okay, but a little before my time.、Apparently. That doesn't matter. So this artist remade the song with ukulele, tambourine, because the original song is actually a lot more、uh, rockish. Sure. So, but for this reinvention, she used、uh, like ukulele, tambourine, trumpet, and many other instruments that make joyful sounds. And in order to further create a joyful vibe, she invited all kinds of people into the studio, regardless of their age, race, and gender, to fill the studio with laughter and、uh, possibly. Professional, semi-pro, or even unprofessional backup singing. Okay, you said she let all all kinds of people onto the stage to sing. Actually, the in, the, in the studio for the recording. Oh wow! So the recording version, the recorded version, you you hear about this song. So there's probably a lot of like amateurs、okay. <laughs> in the background singing. <laughs> But everyone probably okay. That sounds pretty cool. That's something that you don't hear very often because、yeah. most of the time people don't allow just random people singing in their production. You know yeah, I mean? because I think that, that that's why she said the main theme for this album is about like childlike innocence. So child children don't care about the quality. So <laughs> just to have fun, right? <laughs> 
And, uh, I'm still waiting for the King Kong elements. <laughs> <laughs> and her interest in children's, pro- probably not exactly or technically children's music, but in this wide genre of music. So her interest in the, in this genre doesn't end there because. Just in this year, okay, and this is according to BeijingNews.com.、Mm-hmm. Earlier this year, and it's 2022, okay, she collaborated with a Chinese folk diva in a new song called Lullaby. Okay, this one is very self-explanatory. Okay, <laughs> more、Lullaby. than King Kong. All right, and this song is very special, not because this artist did a cradle song. But because the song is one of the few English songs ever performed by the folk diva, it's called Han Hong. Han Hong. Han Hong. Very red. Han Hong. Or <laughs> <laughs> the second, you, you've got the second character right. Okay. It's red. Yeah. <laughs> But Han is like the Han for Korea. Okay. okay. Han Hong. Okay. Yeah. And、uh, so, if you have for the listeners, if you know about this musician, so she is the she is a Chinese musician that normally sing that normally sings the folk songs with a majestic vibe. So her iconic piece is the one Qinghai Tibet Plateau, Qingzang Gaoyuan.、Mm. TJ, you might have heard this on the streets of China. So it goes like, Ya la so, na jiu shi Qingzang Gao. <laughs> But on like a like eighteen notes higher than this.、Yeah. <laughs> no, I haven't heard it. But、um, that's. I think、yeah. your rendition is is pretty entertaining. Okay, <laughs> but I hope to inform you. Like entertaining is not enough, but so that kind of song like paint a picture of the the magnificent natural wonder. So it's kind of rare for this type of musician to sing it like a lullaby. <laughs> okay, kind of style of voice. So a.、Uh... Kind of like a folk musician with this musician. You said, "Man, this musician she doesn't do rock." Well, she does because she covered a Guns N' Roses song. Yes,、yeah, some、right? of her pop songs are. I I I think is kind of like pop rock.、Mm-hmm. Not exactly rock, but maybe pop rock. Okay, but that's actually the end of all the facts I have. Unfortunately, I think I want to apologize. I think I'm not offering enough for TJ. <laughs> no, this person. I'm、is. still a little bit puzzled here. Yeah, but because as I've mentioned, because she kind of like、uh, faded out from the show business. I guess she doesn't need money that much. <laughs> so yeah, she doesn't have to rely on this business to make money for her. Okay. Well, there's been、uh, a few artists that we have covered that are big names in the world of、uh, mando pop, and for I mean we've yeah we uh, did uh, uh, Tanya Chua before Tanya Chua right that's one Singaporean singer yeah and、um, I'm not really sure exactly if they're from if she's from Singapore or not, but I know she's got a really big name in Chinese music、mm. or in mando, mando pop, pop queen and.、Um, We haven't covered her yet on this show, and、uh, so I'm I'm gonna just run with.、Uh, is it Ame? Oh, okay. Ame is a very good guess, but I think the judges they probably have said. Unfortunately, it's not Ame, and the singer I'm presenting today is Singaporean Mandarin pop diva 
Stephanie Sun or Sun Yanzi. Okay. And she's a five-time winner on MTV Asia Music Award and also many other accolades. And it's actually very difficult to pick songs from her because she has just too many popular tracks, and I have a lot of favorites from her.、Mm. And after some tough decision grinding, these two songs you'll hear from Stephanie Sun today. The first one is the reinvention of Sweet Child of Mine, and that'll be followed by Cloudy Days or In Mandarin. Tian Hei Hei sounds good. Looking forward to hearing this musician from Yunchi. But before we hear those tracks, we're gonna go ahead and call it for this episode. Yunchi, thank you so much. Always a pleasure and fun. For those of you listening in, be sure to join us for our next trivia. Reach out to us and let us know if you think there's another artist that we should give you a trivia on. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Please do. I'm TJ Reed. This is Yunchi. Take it easy, folks. Peace out. We'll see you next time. He's got a smile that it seems to me. Reminds me of childhood memories, where everything was as fresh as the bright blue sky. He's got a smile that it seems to me reminds me of childhood memories, where everything was as fresh as the bright.
小时候，吵闹任性的时候，我的外婆总会唱歌哄我。夏天的午后，朗朗的歌安慰我，那首歌好像这样唱的。提昂贝罗，提。小时候有了自己的生活，新鲜的歌，新鲜的念头，任性和冲动无法控制的时候，我忘记还有这样的歌。提昂贝罗，提昂。旧的世界，然而横冲直撞，被误解、被骗，是否承认的世界背后总有残缺？我走在每天必须面对的分岔路，我怀念过去单纯美好的小幸福，爱总是让人哭，让人觉得不满足，天空很大却看不清楚，好孤独。